Host of Locked On Pac-12, Spencer McLaughlin joins me today to talk about Arizona State Sun Devils basketball, the outlook for the rest of the season, and what they got to do to get to the bracket. Let's hop into it on this edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Our Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day as I spit all over my computer. I don't know if they caught that or not. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. As always, thank you guys for tuning in. Wherever you're getting your podcast, hit like and subscribe and turn on those notifications so you get an update when we post new content. And stay in touch with that content by following me on Twitter at RichieBrads36, the podcast at LO underscore Sun Devils and Sun Devils, goodness. And Spencer, where can the good people find you at for your Pac-12 content? At Smalls underscore 55 on Twitter and at LO underscore Pac-12 as well. And of course, Lockdown Pac-12 is Monday through Friday on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcasts. And uh, more than a few things to talk about right now on the Conference of Champions front. Yeah, no, 100%. There, there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes and all the different sports, but looking at Arizona State, Spencer, this has been kind of a roller coaster of a season. The team started off so, so hot to the year. They had this stretch where it felt like they should have been ranked, and then it kind of fell off the wagon with a massive loss to San Francisco and a loss to U of A. Another little win streak, another little loss streak. And now we find themselves in a situation where with the final four games of the season, uh, we are recording this Thursday. So this will be just before the Colorado game. So hopefully this information isn't too outdated. But Arizona State is currently 18 and 18 pending what happens tonight or last night against uh, Colorado and with five games remaining, there's, there's a chance they're under 500 despite the start to the year. And it's just kind of falling off the rail, Spencer. It, it has. And I, I think that's the question we were all asking about Arizona state men's basketball when they got off to that start, right? Because they were so bad last year and it was looking like such a, a dramatic turnaround, which, which it still has been. I mean, you're sitting there at 18 and eight, overall on the year but conference play hasn't gone quite the way you were hoping when when the season began and they've played themselves out of being in that field of 68 though they're still in that conversation as we'll get to a, a bit later the the question we were all asking ourselves Richie was well wait a minute Arizona State was this bad last year Bobby Hurley was on the hot seat this was supposed to be the year that he you know, bottoms out Herm Edwards style and just kind of got the boot, but then everything took off. And so you were just kind of left asking the question, like, so, so were they for real? Like, is this, is this a thing? They were in the top 25 at one point and then the San Francisco game happened. And then they were, it, you know, kind of trying to figure themselves out from there. And, and they've certainly had some really good moments and look, they, they've got five games left, including the Colorado game on Thursday. And that, that gives them an opportunity to get to 20 wins, which, which frankly, I think has to make you feel encouraged, right? I, I, it's really easy as fans to get caught up in what is happening now and setting that as the expectation compared to when the season began, where you just kind of forget about all of that. Because what were your expectations coming into this year for Arizona State basketball? 
pretty low. I mean, pretty low. right about 500, hopefully make some noise in the Pac-12 tournament. And if I told you that with five games to go, they had 18 wins and just eight losses before the year, you would have taken that, right? 100%. But it feels like it's worse than it is right now for ASU because of what happened early in the year. Is that kind of reset everyone's expectations? And you said, well, wait a minute, so they can do this. Well, then let's just set the bar up here. Like, well, I think you got to pull back from that a, a little bit. I think there's still very reasonably, incredibly reasonably, in fact, a path for Arizona State to get into the tournament. But overall, I, I think your concerns about Bobby Hurley, if you have them, have to be put on hold right now. They, they, they just do. You can't have you know major reservations about a guy who is on the cusp of getting this team back into the NCAA tournament after an abysmal 2021-22 campaign. So I think that's the upside, but the downside is that they're far from a lock from reaching that goal. But I think you can reasonably build on this year going into next year and say, okay, let's say you miss the tournament this year. Maybe you make the NIT and win a game or two there, get to the semifinals, something good like that. Then you can set the standard going into the year of NCAA tournament or Bobby Hurley needs to go. And I really like what you mentioned about resetting the expectations because I'm I'm entirely guilty of this as well. Looking at the success that the Sun Devils had this year and comparing it to years past, like it was just so unprecedented. None of us were predicting that things would gel so quickly. You had four transfers coming in, and all four transfers have been starters for you nearly every game this year. We weren't expecting something like that to generate as much success as it has. And there's hope for the future and everything as well with young guys like Austin Nunez, Jemaya Neal. Like there's, there's a lot of things that have gone right for Arizona state this year. But again, I really like that you mentioned, you know, we have changed. We, we're moving the goalposts almost to a certain extent where yeah. we, we were saying 500 would be good. And now it's like, well, if we're not at 20 wins, well, why, why did that change kind of thing? I really like that you, included that as well yeah and it's a really natural easy thing to do because maybe that team does have the potential to get to the tournament and win a game or become a cinderella or, or something like that but it, it's just easy to get caught up in the moment you, you know like i feel very differently about my ducks on the men's basketball side who are having a really disappointing year took a terrible loss on wednesday up at a really mediocre Washington team. And that's because I saw what the team was last year, what they brought back, the talent that they do have. And I've been more frustrated and invested in their peaks and valleys because I know what the potential is. And the expectations after last year in which they won 20 games again, but missed the NCAA tournament, got to the NIT, won a game, lost in the second round. With that much returning talent, and the new talent that they brought in, they should be an NCAA tournament team this year. And it looks like they probably won't be barring a really, really strong late season surge. So I, I think that's just a really tough balancing act for fans to undergo because you see what a team is capable of. And if they start you know, showing what their ceiling might be and it's way beyond what you thought in the preseason, that should feel like an added bonus to you. That shouldn't feel like, you know, what the baseline standard is. But for like for Oregon this year, for instance, it was a baseline standard. You got to be getting to the NCAA tournament this year or it's a disappointment. And they're not completely out of it yet, 
but they're kind of trending in that direction, unfortunately. So I think Bobby Hurley deserves a lot of credit because he was a guy who was under a pretty good amount of fire. And you, you could have made the argument from an Arizona State perspective that, look, we just got rid of our football coach. Why don't we just restart both of the two you know, biggest sports on campus and, and just go in a different direction there? But, but, but he's having a good season right now. And they do have a very realistic chance of getting to the NCAA tournament. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and there's no better time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from money line to points scored and threes drained and more. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss out on the chance to have your first no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And as always, thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure that you tune in to the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. It's everything you need to know about college basketball in one place here for big name experts, insider, insiders, and players. Locked on college basketball available on YouTube and wherever you're getting your podcasts. Back to our conversation, Spencer. Taking a look at these final five games of the year. Again, at the time of recording, uh, we are doing this before the Colorado game. So I won't say it's a win or a loss because Colorado is 14 and 2, and they're not gonna 12. you know lie on their back for Arizona State. What's four, that? Four, 14 and 12, not 14 and 2. Excuse me. Yeah. Holy cow. 14 and 2 would be crazy. 14 and 12. Be crazy for a lot of reasons. That would have been like a yeah. COVID season record. Like, yep, couldn't play this game, this game, this game, this game, this game, or this game. Right. Thank you for that correction. Um, so let's look at the other four games. So the final two home games will be Colorado and Utah before Arizona State goes on the road to end their final three games with number eight U of A number four UCLA and a USC team that beat them 77 to 69 earlier in the year. Just looking at that, Spencer, what do you think about that stretch? Because I'm, I'm hard pressed to be confident about that. It's, it, it's difficult, but it's what Arizona state needs. They're squarely on the bubble right now. They're somewhere in the first four next four out sort of range. You know, not long ago, they were inside the field of 68, according to our, our good buddy and best friend this time of year, Joe Lenardi, who hits usually about 95 to 98% of the teams correctly uh, every year, which is truly amazing. He is yeah, he's really, really good at what he does. So if he says you're in with a win or you're in at this point in time or you're going to get it, there's a really, really good chance that that's the case. He, he missed one team last year. I don't think he ever misses more than like two or three. And that's at the upper end. He He's a, a lock on that front. So he's had Arizona state on the bubble for a while, kind of in that, I, I think next four out uh, sort of range, but you look at that schedule for Arizona state and yeah, it's tough, right? Because you still have to play Arizona. You still have to play UCLA. USC is a good team and they're now playing with an edge because they have been bumped out of the field of 68, according to Lenardi, because they lost to Oregon State and Oregon on the road. I don't think the Oregon loss was as punishing, but it was really punitive for them to have lost to Oregon State. So that's now a very motivated USC team that still is 
pretty darn solid. And they're in the same, I mean, I mean, USC and Arizona state basically in the same category here, how they end the regular season will define whether or not they get into March madness without getting an automatic bid. Now, right. whether that's as, you know, a play in team as, you know, a 12 seed or something, I, I don't think teams particularly care. They're just looking for the chance, right? That's, that's all you need. UCLA was one of the first four games. And then they made a run to the final four. Like it, you just, you never know. You literally never know. Arizona state could be a final four team this year, or they could not make the NCAA tournament. Both are possible. It's what makes this event so spectacularly great and unpredictable. And I know you don't feel supremely confident in those games, but it's honestly the schedule that Arizona state needs because you are now comparing yourself to other teams that are squarely on the bubble. So you need to be able to pick up those sorts of wins. Yeah, it's hard to beat Arizona. It's hard to beat UCLA. USC is pretty good. Colorado is a good team. And then Utah is also a good team. And Utah is also on the bubble fighting to get in. But amongst the five games, if you go three and two here, if you're ASU and you pick up, you don't need to beat both Arizona and UCLA. You got to beat one. If you go three and two, and you beat one of those teams, which is currently inside the top 10, I think you're in. I say that as the most amateur of bracketologists, but that would put Arizona State at 21 and 10 going into the Pac-12 tournament on the year with some really nice wins. And that is, I think, going to end up being good enough. I think as long as you hit the 20 win threshold and you add a win against a top 10 team, then I think you're going to be in a, I, I think you can be in a good place if you're ASU. Not a guarantee, but I think that gives you an excellent chance. But of course, you got to actually generate those sorts of results first. Something interesting that I want to hit on that you pointed out was talking about how this is the schedule they need to end the year. I feel like a lot of people look at the schedule and they're like, oh my God, this is worst case scenario. This is we're going to lose three of the final five games and we're barely going to get to this threshold and, you know, this, that, and the other. But at the same time, you look at it and like, like you said, this, this is a classic case of what have you done for me lately? And if you somehow beat either the number four UCLA Bruins or the number eight U of A Wildcats, if you had one of those, that's going to get the attention of the people who put together the bracket. That's going to get the attention of people who are looking to see, you know, who are those fringe teams and who deserves it more. That's what really helps you out is having that kind of key victory because Arizona state, while they've had some solid wins this year, there's no really like marquee wins here. They beat a ranked Michigan. They beat VCU. They beat Creighton, but they did. Creighton's a good down. win. Creighton is a very good win. I won't, I won't try and take that away, but you haven't beaten the teams in your conference. Like you played U of A close and I saw like based off a of shot clock shot quality, we should have won that game, which is just the worst way to lose a game. And you and uh, UCLA a game. I actually went to as a fan. Uh, I was screaming in the holler and it was so much fun. Uh, you played them close for 35 minutes and then fell apart in the last five. Like it's not as though you haven't played those teams close already. So you should have a little bit of confidence at least going into this that maybe you could pull off an upset. Yeah, I, I, I think so. And it is a question in a season as long as college basketball of 
how much confidence can you draw from a game that happened a couple months ago, right? Has that belief been instilled in the team sufficiently to where they bring that mindset week in and week out of, hey, we beat this team. We know we can beat this. We know we beat that one. Or is it closer to a vibe of what we've seen from ASU in the last couple of weeks, which is starting to fade, starting to fall back a little bit and having some key losses? Which of those teams is going to show up? I think we'll determine how Arizona State will will end down the stretch here. But if you're going to go up against two top 10 teams, one of which you, you kind of need to beat to build an at-large resume, you would really like one to be a rivalry game, right? Yes. Absolutely. And and I, I think I think that's kind of an overlooked advantage in this in this sequence here for the Sun Devils is when you go up against Arizona, rivalry game, anything could happen. And is that game in, in Tempe or Tucson? Tucson. So it's a tough be a place environment. to a, a tough place to play, but UCLA is at home, right? No. Also Oh, never in, oh, that's yeah. brutal. That's yeah. that's really brutal. But again, yes. So that makes it less likely that you could pull out one of those wins. I would say UCLA is more likely of the two. I've been more impressed with Arizona this season. I think they're the best team in the pack. I like UCLA a lot. I think Arizona's ceiling is much higher. Uh, I I think UCLA's ceiling is Elite Eight. I think Arizona's ceiling is the national championship game. I don't know if they could win it, but I I think that's what they are capable of. And I, I just... We'll see if I get proven wrong come bracket time. I don't fully trust UCLA yet as good as they are, right? And this is varying levels of trust. I I trust them to not lose in the first weekend, perhaps, of March Madness. But beyond that, we'll we'll see. We'll we'll just kind of wait and see. But Arizona, I'm I'm a huge, huge fan of it. I like both coaches. I think they're doing a really, really good job. But I do think that that Tommy Lloyd is – I think he's a really special coach. And I know that Arizona State fans are not going to like hearing me say that. But, but, but. Call spade a spade. I do think that that he's really, really good. And I like Mick Cronin. But I think Lloyd, you know, after uh, making that run to, I believe it was the Elite Eight a year ago with Arizona. And they just ran into a buzzsaw. It might have been Sweet 16. I, I'd have to go back and double check. But they ran into a Houston team that was criminally underseeded. Because this Houston team that's probably going to be a one seed in the NCAA tournament. They're, they were playing at that sort of level at the end of last year. And that's what Arizona ran into, the, the Houston team you're seeing now. So I think that Arizona's potential is immense, and I think Lloyd has done a great job kind of rebooting him. Tubelis is the Pac-12 player of the year. I don't think anyone's going to – Yeah, he's <laughs> – Turn, turns out he's very, very good at this uh, basketball thing. But I, I think for ASU, the opportunity is there. They've just got to go out there and take it, which is a lot easier said than done. But you can't look back and say they didn't give themselves a chance, put themselves in a position better, as we talked about, than what they would have expected coming into this year. Just a matter of whether or not they can execute the way they need to down the stretch. And again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make Locked On College Basketball your second listen of the day. Our friends Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bringing everything you need to know on and off the court. Hear from big-name experts, coaches, insiders, and players. Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you're getting your podcasts. All right, Spencer. We talked about quite a bit here, but I do want kind of your final opinion. What does Arizona State need to do 
to be that at-large team that we're talking about? What what do they have to accomplish here, even if it's losing these games and then maybe making a crazy run in the Pac-12 tournament? Like, what do you what do you think is like maybe a best case scenario almost for Arizona State? Best case or most realistic? Let's go most realistic, and then we'll talk best case. Okay, so here's here's what I I think is the most realistic positive path forward for ASU. Winning either of those ranked games on the road would be outstanding. It'd be a quad one top 10 win on the road. Let's say neither of those games come to fruition. If you can win the other three, you still eclipse the 20 win mark. You have a couple other decent wins on on your resume there. I think that would leave it up to the Pac-12 tournament. But I don't think who you play in that Pac-12 tournament would matter quite as much. At that point, it might be a little bit about style points, which could be the thing that ultimately push you over the edge in the eyes of the com- of, of the selection committee for the field of 68. So if you're going to lose to Arizona and UCLA, the other three games, Colorado, Utah, and then who's the third one that, that they've got in there? Uh, USC. And, U- and USC. USC is a, is a quality win. Utah is a quality win. I think those are both quad two victories. And then Colorado is probably in the quad two, maybe quad, maybe quad three, because they, they've stacked up the losses a little bit this year, but not a terrible team, right? It's not like you're beating Cal or, you know, Stanford has come on strong, but overall they haven't been very good this year or Washington state has really struggled. It's not anything like that. So if you beat USC and you beat the mountain schools, I think that bolsters your profile up a little. And then losing to those top 10 teams on the road can't be that much of a mark against you. Like, I still think that's a net increase in your resume there. So if you do that and then can just win like two Pac-12 conference tournament games, just get to the semifinals and maybe, you know, throw in another win against like an Oregon or a USC or a Colorado again, whoever, right? Someone who's just like solid in the middle of the conference there, then I think you can do it. I don't think it'll be tournament or bust. If you go under 500 in these final five games, if you win just one or two, then it's tournament or bust. That I, I don't think that resume will be sufficient. But I think as you look at, at the profile of teams that they've got, that's the best guess I can give on where they stand. So all hope is certainly not lost for Arizona State here. They, they have the chance. And plus, here's the other thing too. USC and Utah are not just solid, I think, quad two wins, but they are both teams that are fighting you for those bubble spots in the same conference. So that kind of amplifies the importance of those matchups. Like you, you could make the case that I that winning both of those games is more important than winning one of the top 10 matchups. I think that is a very realistic case for Arizona State because you would then move ahead. I know USC got them the first time, but they would split the season series. So that would kind of nullify any advantage USC could get over you. And then did they beat Utah the first time or did they lose to them? Yes, I believe they did. Let me double check. Okay, but that you, you understand the point that I'm making here though, right? Which is when you're going up against the teams that are fighting for the same slots and you're in the same conference. This is the only game against Utah. That's weird. Okay, that makes it even more crucial. Right. That that makes it even more crucial. That 
if Utah's in there and Arizona State's in there, but ASU's got the head-to-head, you never know. It could come down to some to to something like that. So you get over 500, come in here down the stretch, win a conference tournament game or two. I think ASU gets into the field of 68. Give me absolute best case scenario. You beat, you go four and one here. You go four and one, you beat either Arizona or UCLA. Doesn't matter. Both really good, both on the road, quad one wins. You go four and one, you could lose in the first round of the Pac-12 tournament. You'd be in. Easy. Easy. I I, I think that that is a near certainty if you go four and one down the stretch. I would also feel pretty good about that. Before we let you go, do we or do we not make the tournament? If you had to guess right now. <sighs> That's tough. That is. I don't know either. <laughs> as much as I want to say I know, I don't know either. I honestly think that's a coin flip. I I, yep. I think when you factor in that three and two feels like the most realistic positive scenario, and then you consider where that would put their resume if you don't beat either Arizona or UCLA on the road, like that's an if. You know, going three and two is an if. But then it's kind of coin flippy from there because I think that gets you a strong enough resume, but that that's not a surefire thing. I, I really think it's 50-50. I, I could very easily see it going either way. But if you're ASU, if you're Bobby Hurley, and if you're the fans, frankly, you got to just focus on on whatever game is in front of you. And if you win that one, then you move on to the next and see where you stand. I think right now the mentality you have to have is it's one game seasons for these final Final five games. You either go one and zero or you go zero and one. This is going to be tough, Spencer. And yep. I'm looking forward to talking to you again, probably around Pac-12 tournament time. But thank you so much for stopping by. Always appreciate you coming in and talking. Where can the good people find you one more time? Anytime. Smalls underscore fifty five on Twitter. Locked on Pac-12 and Locked on Ducks Monday through Friday. YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Always happy to come and talk to the good people of Tempe and beyond. And you guys know to follow me at RichieBrads36, the podcast at LO underscore Sundevils, and wherever you're getting your podcast to hit like, subscribe, and turn on those notifications. So until next time, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sundevils.